Hi there, Colleen Hunt from Gluten-Free Gold based in Delega, Panama. Uh, today we're going to go back, like they say in so many songs, back where it started. We're going to give you a background of uh, where I came from and, and uh, the journey. So um, I was born in the 60s in, in uh, Ontario. And I was raised in northern Ontario, Canada. And that was the land of grain elevators, uh, uh, lumber mills, paper mills, uh, real blue-collar area. A lot of fishing and hunting. Um, it was nothing to uh, uh, I remember my little sister when she got a, a BB gun for shooting um, when she was uh, eight or nine, and she had a trap line, and that and that's what that's what we did. When you grew up in Northern Ontario, you um, at that time you didn't move away; you stayed within a uh, hundred miles or so. Uh, where you grew up, and uh, you just stayed there. Nobody ventured out. You married your next-door neighbor, or you married the girl down the road. Yeah, it, it was a very, if you look back, it was a very small world to me. And I remember when I was going to school, and they would talk about, oh, you have to take these classes for this and these classes for that. But the three major careers I could take being a woman was a school teacher, a nurse, or a secretary. I don't like sick people. I don't like a lot of children, even though I had a bunch. And I don't like sick people. So I was at a loss of what I was supposed to do for a career. Now, my mom was working at the time. She's worked all her life. And she's that um, uh, unreasonable, no, not unreasonable, not the ordinary example of uh, what a day-to-day -day work life should be. She was always um, a, a very hard worker. And a very, she worked hard to provide for the family. And when I was growing up, even though there was those three, three avenues for me, she was working at the mill, paper mill, um, operating equipment, forklifts, driving trucks. She she did stuff that most mothers didn't do. And. Um, I always felt that there was something I was supposed to do, but it, it wasn't those three, three things. And I always had a desire to be more. I would look at the world a lot differently than a lot of kids. Uh, I wanted to um, be accepted, so I was a high achiever at school. I remember I was either the first or the the first or the second in every semester in uh, class. Me and my best friend we would uh, trade spots throughout the years, and 
I wanted to grow up and I wanted to have a family like everyone else around me and I wanted a good job. I wanted a job that paid well. But at the time, equal rights were just coming out. Um, you heard the terms of uh, get paid for what, what you're worth, get paid like a man gets paid. But women were being held back. And I think it, uh, I, I just couldn't do those, do those jobs. And, uh, I started a family early, so, um, I was, I had to drop out of school and I found that waitressing and bartending, I made really de decent money. Uh, I was able to work, um, in the evenings while my children were in bed and then I'd be able to spend the majority of the daytime with them. It's just, I had to juggle the amount of sleep that I, that I had. And then the pressure came with the equal rights movement for companies to start, um, hiring women for positions that were solely held by men. And the uh, new laws were coming out in Canada that it, the companies had to show on their books. I think it was the companies had to show on their books that they had women in non-traditional roles. And it, it was a perfect time for me to come in, come into the workforce. When my uh, fourth child was a baby, I decided to go back to school and get my high school. And my high school that I originally uh, left was just down the road. So um, after I got my husband on his way, I would pack up the kids uh, to go to the school across the road. And then I would pack up the two babies and walk over to my aunt's place and she would watch them. And then I'd go to my classes at high school, pick them up, go home, make supper, uh, do the laundry, get the house ready, leave at about uh, four o'clock and start my evening job uh, working in the bar. I worked from uh, 3.34 in the afternoon till about two in the morning. And then when I'd come home, I would do my homework and then start all over again. But it was worth it because I wanted to prove a point that I was smart enough to get my high school, my high school diploma. So I did that. I did get my equivalency for high school. And I also had honors in uh, a couple other classes. And I remember the students saying to me, like, why are you trying so hard? And you, you think that was... In 1985, I was paying 1800 a month for uh, $1,600, $1,800 a month for babysitters for uh, during the day and a little bit in the evening before my husband came home from work. From work. So if I was going to pay that amount of money, I wasn't going to make darn sure that I was going to get my money's worth. And I, I put my all into my studies and found out that I was pretty good at it. Then, um, once I got my equivalent for my high school, I applied at the local college and I did upgrading. 
and that allowed me to get all the technical classes, the chemistry and the physics and stuff like that in the English to apply for uh, a two-year course. So I took those courses and I kept going, uh, working um, nights. And then um, when I uh, started attending for my uh, college course, I worked, uh, I tried to arrange my shifts so that it was, uh, I, I'd work the lunch run and then I'd work weekends and some nights during the week with the four kids. And right then I was um, getting a divorce from my husband. So I had the four kids at home. So it was, it was a, a busy time. It was a really busy time. And the, the funny thing is, is that um, due to some circumstances of life, I found out I was really good fixing motor parts. Um, I had a neighbor, I had asked him about, I had, um, some problems with my car and I had a neighbor and I talked to him and he said, he explained it to me. He said, it's just like a recipe. And it clicked for me like a recipe. I can, I can do this. So I was making gaskets and fixing parts and what have you. And then, um, I talked to a counselor at the college and found out what I would excel at because I really enjoyed this. So I went in for a, um, instrumentation technician and I think the the building that I was in there was like 2,000 male students and 12 women it and those 12 women were down to 50% after the first three months so I uh, finished that and I graduated it took a little bit longer than I hoped due to life circumstances, but I graduated. And right away I couldn't get a job because um, the paper mills and uh, a lot of the company, companies in Northern Ontario were still not hiring women. If, um, if you were a woman and you had to go on the road they didn't want the expense of paying for a room just solely for you instead of having uh, you bunked up. So uh, I went back to the college and I was going in as a millwright. I figured I had the instrumentation. I'll go back for a couple more years. And then I got a call for an interview. And I went and it was um, an upcoming company. They were uh, converting a paper mill into a cardboard manufacturing plant. And they had very different ideas of hiring. But there was also so many financial incentives from the government. If you hired someone that was on um, welfare, if you hired someone that was uh, getting government assistance of some sort, or you hired a woman, that they would be compensated. So... I interviewed to be a shift maintenance mechanic, and I got the job. But they also uh, had the thought process that all the maintenance people should be well-rounded in all the different skills they needed. So they would give us rigging classes and training um, 
electrical uh, classes, electrical safety, electronics, millwriting. So that when you were uh, on shift, like at night shift, you were the only person. You would be able to repair oh, what was necessary. The, um, the way it worked at the mill, um, they would call you if they had a problem and you had 20 to 30 minutes to decide if you could fix it or if you had to sh shut the business, the, shut the equipment down. And it was frowned upon to shut the equipment down because of the cost to uh, start it up. And it was an old, uh, older site. And some of those pieces of equipment, you wanted to keep them moving. So that, that was a, a stressful job, but it, it paid well. It paid really well. And I was be able to provide a good home life. Good home life for my family. And then um, my family moved out, out west uh, to Edmonton. And I found that Alberta was not so progressive. So I think I spent four or five months applying for jobs, and it uh, I, I wouldn't get a response whatsoever. I'd go down to the employment office every every day and nothing. So I started to leave my first name off my resume. I would put an initial. And I worded my resume so that you could not tell what sex I was. And then, lo and behold, um, I started getting job offers for interviews. Until they found out that I was female. Uh, I think it was, a, I was there a year. And a company outside of Edmonton uh, called me in for an interview. And they wanted... Uh, uh, maintenance person, an assistant to the head maintenance person. So I went in for the interview. They had, I found out it was down to two people, a gentleman that had no enthusiasm whatsoever, but more experience. And me, who was so enthusiastic at the thought of having a job, that um, I got the job. And I worked for that company um, through all its uh, partner changes for 15 years in uh, two provinces. So I started being a uh, maintenance assistant where we were making flat panel displays. And then I moved to Toronto where that project was uh, uh, expanding. Then I moved uh, for a couple of years to Detroit to be a shift maintenance mechanic for a solar panel company. And then I came back uh, after two years because my partner at the time was still at the company. And I came back and um, I worked as a a janitor for the Catholic school board. I've been 
a bartender, a janitor, a barmaid, a waitress, um, a cook for a cat camp crew uh, up in the Northwest Territories, a uh, cook for a bridge repair crew through the mountains in British Columbia, a uh, flagger for uh, road construction. It just anything that pays well, I can get get behind it. So my partner um, was offered by a new division of the same company a great paying uh, advancement. And uh, one of the little uh, underlying uh, be uh, beliefs or statements was the fact that uh, they would try and find a way to get me on as well again. So we moved back out to Edmonton and um, I worked around the uh, the acreage that we had doing renovations and working on the yard because it hadn't been taken care of for quite a while. And then I had this uh, contracting job. So I was a maintenance uh, assistant again. And this time we were making um, silver coated bandages. So uh, my boss, he would get a request from one of the scientists. Uh, this is the piece of equipment I want made. I want it to do this, this and that. He would design it, write the code, um, go down to the local hardware stores or the metal shop, get the pieces, put it together, uh, do the electronic boards. I'd help him with the electronic boards. And then once it started um, working for experiments, he grew bored and it became my responsibility to maintain and take care of, which was fine. That's fine. And we were there and it was to the point, um, I think it was a year and a half notice we had that the company was packing up the facility there and moving to England because the company that bought us was from England. So now I had an opportunity to look at what I really wanted to do. Now, if you told me when I was 18 years old, living in uh, northern Ontario, that I was going to be... Um, Considering moving to a foreign country, I, I would have said you're crazy. That is not something that people do from where I come from, which sounds so weird. I think it was, it's the internet, I think, has opened up a whole world for all of us. Definitely. So here I am now living in Panama. Uh, I am the type of person that I figure you should do everything legally. So when I came down here, one thing that I made sure of is to investigate with a lawyer's help what I needed to do. So I, I got a visa that allowed me to work. I applied for a work permit and ridiculously, I have a work permit that never expires. 
my accountant and even my lawyer don't know how I, I received that because they don't give those out. I had to get my food handling certification for the Ministry of Health. And remember, all of this is in Spanish. I'm not speaking Spanish that well. So I got my certification. I did the one-day course. Uh, you have to go back every year and do a bunch of blood work and tests and uh, to make sure you're fit to work with food. And here I am. You work with the Ministry of Health. They inspect uh, your facility and make sure it, it's up to code. You have to uh, follow a whole bunch of rules that seem to be written nowhere. But they are written. You just have to figure out who to ask. Uh, and we had the bakery for about 20 months. It was so much work. And it also gave me so much joy. But towards the last three or four months, I was thinking that, you know what, I would really, from what I saw from the results of people when they took my classes, I said I would really, really like to be able to help more people. Because if there were that many people in this little area, just think about how many people were around the world that would love to eat great tasting food again. It, it's something that's taken for granted until it's taken away. That's all I can say. It's, um, so I've been investigating for the last, I would say, eight months on how to provide an avenue to reach more people. Um, I would talk to people that deal with webinars and deal with computers and I'd ask about different programs and different platforms and how could I do this and how could I do that. And then last September, three different training uh, platforms, one after another, dropped in my lap. It showed me how to do it, where to do it, and how to do it successfully, I hope. I'll find out. So I have a few more podcasts to go on, and then we are going on a quest, a, a modern-day quest of the adventure that I am so excited for. And I hope you will be excited with me. So, so I will, um, now that you know where I came from, uh, I'll sign out. But then, you know what? I think, I think as far as work-wise for me, I worked doing what I had to do when I had to do it because that's what was provided for me. And when uh, my life changed, 
or circumstances changed, I was provided with something different to do. But all those, all those jobs that I've had, they've all been jobs where you're interacting with people, jobs where you're providing a service or providing a product for people, jobs where you're helping people. Being a mechanic, you're helping your shift. You're helping everyone get through the night. Same as a bartender. Same as a waitress. You're helping people. And you have to enjoy it and thrive on it. There's some people that should not be in in, in the, the uh, what, uh, service industry. Sorry for that. Um, but there's some people that thrive in the service industry. It, it just goes with their personality. So, so yeah, I have a few more um, episodes, and then we are going to go on a quest. It doesn't really require a sword. It doesn't require slaying a dragon. Maybe some some uh, some dragons but not the kind you're thinking of so uh, Colleen Hunt gluten-free gold Delega Panama and I look forward to hearing your responses thank you <laughs>